Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 234 of the World's Most Dangerous Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. Joining me again this week, his second appearance on the podcast, and absolutely not going to be his last. Um, good, good friend of the podcast, and as uh, he... I love this quote. I want to go ahead and drop this. Uh, as Bootsy Collins, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Bootsy Collins says, he's the new spiritual warrior for the funk. Uh, <laughs> he's also oh a huge goodness. Reds fan. And it's Freak Bass. How are you today, buddy? Oh, man, I'm doing great. And I just want to make sure I'm, I got this straight. We're here to talk about superhero movies, right? Is that, <laughs> that's what the podcast is about. Didn't it kind of shift into that? That's funny. You you really you stepped on my next line, which is I was going to say you're you're a better musician than I am. You are a bigger Reds fan than I am, and you're a much bigger superhero movie fan. And we may touch on that at some point because you're my go-to guy when it comes to superhero movies. Oh, my gosh. To a fault, unfortunately. <laughs> That's all right. There are worse things you can be obsessed with. But uh, what do you think? That we Maybe talk about the Cincinnati Reds a little bit before we start? I would love to talk about the Cincinnati Reds, yes. Now, uh, you've been on the podcast before, and, and I went to look and to see when it was, and I can't believe it was before two, the 2017 season. We haven't, we didn't, haven't uh, had you on since then. Wow, I didn't realize that. Oh my goodness! Wow, time time flies when uh, when baseball seasons pass. I guess, yeah. Yes, yeah. We you know we we've, yeah. we've talked about it a little bit, uh, having you on. You were on episode number one hundred and fifty nine, and so any of you that didn't listen to that, when you go back and listen, it has a lot about. Uh, you talked a lot about your some formative experience as a Reds fan and uh, how you got obsessed sure. with them and and some things. Why don't you just for those that haven't listened to that, sort of tell us about your history as a Reds fan, so they can get some context about where you're coming from. Well, I, you know, like I'm sure a lot of people that listen to the show, I, I grew up in Cincinnati, uh, you know, played baseball a little bit as a kid. And uh, I always joke when I got to a certain age, I but it wasn't quite good enough for baseball. So I took up bass guitar instead. I figure it was kind of in the, in the same, you know, sounded the same. Um, <laughs> but uh, my, my both my parents, especially my mom was a, was a huge, huge Reds fan too a lot. So she's I kind of um, she's kind of the one that kind of brought me into that world. And um uh, you know, I always started going, you know, playing obviously the game and then going to start seeing games like nonstop, you know, obviously like the, the 90 world series was kind of like my early days of kind of starting to like get obsessed with, with the, uh, with, with the team. And then, you know, starting my mom telling me all the, about all the days with, uh, with Pete Rose and, 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 and Johnny bench and all those people. And, um, yeah, and just uh, you know, a few years I kind of got away from it, but then I got it, and once I got back into it again, it was you know, it was it got it got to obsession level, like I'm sure most people that listen to this podcast have, and uh, they've been a, a love uh, a love of my life for for better and for worse for for many years now, mostly worse. Uh, well, we'd like you know, I'm I'm a glass half full type of guy, <laughs> so I. I'll, I'll try to I'll try to stay stay on the positive tip as much as I can. Yeah, you know? exactly. And and I'm usually the same way. I, and, but they they beat me down the last like you know eight months or so. The Reds, these Reds have beat me down. This, you can beat me down. It's pretty bad. This season was rough, and I know we're going to talk about this later in the show. But um, you know, part of it obviously it was the playing side of it too. But I think you know a big part of it too is just you know especially with the age of social media that we're in right now, and you're you're distracted by so many things. Um, with ba- not just the Reds, but just baseball in general. Um, again, I know we're going to talk about this more later in the show, but um, 
you know, just to, there's so much competition, even in the sports world, there's so much competition. I'm a huge NBA fan as well. And, and there's just certain ways that, that, that those kind of things get your eye and the way that baseball does it. And um, I think that's part of it too, as well, you know, as well. But again, we all know winning solves everything. And then, you know, probably next year, hopefully next year, we'll be having a whole nother conversation that, you know, maybe makes a lot of this uh, stuff we're talking about tonight moot. I hope so. I hope so. And before we get too far, I want to go ahead and uh, give you a chance to mention something. We'll mention it again at the end here, but for those of you that are listening, um, because uh, we're not only just uh, big uh, Reds fans, we're big music fans. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, uh, our intro music actually is uh, is performed by uh, and graciously uh, permitted uh, us to, to use it as our theme song, performed by you. And uh, you got a, you got a big show coming up here soon uh, in Newport, right? Yeah, I mean, we don't play, you know, we're on the road quite a bit anymore. And um, so we don't get to play Cincinnati a whole lot anymore. And so we are playing the day after Thanksgiving. So we call it Funksgiving. It's uh, Friday, November 23rd. This will be our, I think, our fourth year there at the Southgate House Revival over on 6th Street in Newport. An amazing, if you've never been there, it's an amazing venue. It's just like really old church, still with, with the stained glass windows. It's a beautiful place inside. Um, it's a great place to see a show too, as well. And um, so, yeah, so this will be our, I believe, like I said, our fourth year there. Uh, we're playing there Friday, November twenty third. It's an all ages show too, as well. So if you've got kids or you are a kid, uh, you're more than welcome to come. And uh, got a great group called Strange Mechanics opening up. We've got this girl, um, a lady by the name of Sammy Garrett, who is from an amazing band out of Brooklyn, New York, called Turquoise. Her, her uh, quite a big buzz band in the scene right now. She started. Her and I started working together um a while back and uh she's been doing touring with me now too as well as well as being in like the videos and songs and stuff so she's actually flying in for the show too as well so we're gonna and we got all kinds of crazy special surprises uh that night which uh you know hopefully you'll come there and i don't want to give 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 everything away but it'll be a special show for for the hometown show definitely outstanding and red leg nation ready you've been listening to freak bass all the even if you didn't know it for every single week uh, as you listen to this show, and, and I'm going to ask you, go check him out on, on YouTube as well, and, and don't let me down. This audience has never let me down. I want you to go see him, and if you get a chance, I want you to yell out Red Leg Nation Radio. No, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but but if you get a chance to let him know that you uh, heard about it here, absolutely do that, because we uh, uh, we got to support our fellow Reds fans. Um, okay, so now we'll come back to that maybe later, but right now I want to talk about the Reds. And, and the first thing I want to discuss with you and we had some things we wanted to talk about, and I kind of dropped one on you right here before we uh, went on the air, so you've not really had yep. a chance to prepare. But I want to get—I do want to get your thoughts. The Silver Slugger Awards were just announced today, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And uh, Eugenio Suarez, I think, and Scooter Jeanette were both uh, finalists, I guess, at their their positions as well. They should have yeah. been uh, fantastic sure. years for both of them, uh, but they didn't win, and I sort of didn't expect either one of them to win, but. But Michael Lorenzen didn't win at pitcher, and, and I just want to know, uh, are you as shocked and appalled as I am that Michael Lorenzen didn't win the silver slug? Not that it means anything, but uh, for Sure. Pitchers. I just don't know. I mean, how can he have not? I mean, you almost forgot that he was a pitcher. You know, when you – I mean – sometimes when you see pitchers hit and you know they'll get a few lucky swings here and you know like Bronson well how many years ago was that now but it was uh 
Bronx that got that home run and, uh, yeah. you know, and, and going way back and let, let's go back to, I guess it might have been like early two thousands, but I remember when, uh, Danny Graves got the big home run down in uh Houston ballpark to win a game. You um, are going back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. I know. I was embarrassed. I remember the night like it was yesterday. Um, can't remember what I had for lunch today, but I can remember stuff like that. Um, but with Lorenzen, though, it wasn't just a matter of, like, he wasn't just getting some lucky swings here and there. I mean, this guy, you know, I mean, as we were talking about during the season, I mean, he could, you know, what what position can we stick him in so he can hit on a regular basis? I mean, he was, you know, balling on, on that. So I was definitely, I thought it was almost going to be a semi-given for that. And so literally, like you said, right before I literally just got my, the, the little Twitter alert on my thing about that. So I'm just still kind of processing it right now. But uh you know, what are your thoughts on that? Because you've had a little bit more time to kind of sit with it than I have. Well, you know, I mean, we're partisans. Uh, you know, we, we, we want the Reds to win uh, every Sure. Day. And so I, sometimes I wonder, am I a little bit uh, too partisan? Am I not seeing this uh, the right way? But you go look at everything, everything. It's just, it's crazy. Here are a couple of uh, stats. Uh, German Hermann, I guess, I don't know how you pronounce his name. I don't even know that. Marquez of the Rockies won uh, the Silver Slugger for pitchers. He had one extra base hit. In 65 plate appearances, oh Michael God. Lorenzen had 34 plate appearances and hit four home runs. Right. Um, Fangraphs has this stat. Our buddy Doug Gray uh, tweeted this one out. Uh, Fangraphs they have a, a stat called "Offensive Runs Above Average." Michael Lorenzen led the National League pitchers uh, in runs above average. Offensive runs above average, 3.0. Second among pitchers in the in the National League was Brandon Woodruff with 0.6. So I mean. No one was even close to Michael Lorenzen, and this is a dumb thing to get upset about. But hey, we got to sure. we, we got to you know we got to d- demonstrate some passion where we can. Right, and it's the off season now, so we, we can do that, right? Yeah, yeah. Th- yeah. This is all we have to talk about. Well, this is not all we have to talk about. Actually, it's been pretty interesting right. off season for the Reds so far. But I yeah, was, yeah, definitely. I was similarly upset last week when um, Billy Hamilton didn't win the uh, Gold Glove Award for center field the fifth time. He was the was a finalist in center field, and once again he lost uh, to uh, Ender Inciarte of yeah. uh, Atlanta. And you know, you know, you know, you know well. I'm a I'm a Billy Hamilton partisan, and you probably get offended when I call him a comic book superhero because you, no. you, you have a uh, an affinity for actual comic book superheroes. But um, what do you think about uh, not only uh, Billy Hamilton getting sort of robbed, but also uh, Adam Duvall, former Red, but he didn't get it in left field again, third straight year as a finalist. And then uh, Joey Votto didn't get it at first base. And I think it was his third or fourth time as a finalist. He has won one. Do you have any thoughts? Sure. Yeah. He won in, uh, he won in the year he got MVP, right? Didn't he won in 2010, that same year? I think, he, actually, I think he won in 11 the year after. Oh, was it 11? Oh, okay. So, yeah. I thought it was the same year. You may be Yeah. You may, that sounds right. Um, I'm always you know, just right. Like, Haven't you listened to this sure. podcast? I know that. I know that. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was just, especially Billy Hamilton. I mean, it's like, what more can the guy do? I mean, I don't really know. And he played, you know, almost a full se- I remember it was last year, the excuse kind of was, well, he was out for a good chunk of the season. And so maybe that had something to do with it. But, I mean, he probably played, what, at least 150 games this year. I'm, I'm guessing I'm probably close on that, yeah, at least. For, you're right. Two or three years there, it was like, well, you know, he got hurt down the stretch and that probably hurt him. But that, that's, right. not, that's not the excuse this year. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, I you know you'd like to think that it has nothing to do with market size or, or where they were in the standings because it's not supposed to be that. But sometimes you got to. I mean, I remember a few wonder. years ago. Yeah, you got to wonder. I mean, definitely when um, 
uh, I think it was what was it two years ago when um, uh, Votto didn't, and it was um, uh, oh from uh, I'm totally drawing a blank. First baseman from the the Cubs right now, um, Anthony Rizzo. Yes, you're right. Yeah, Rizzo. Right, Rizzo got it, and it was like Votto's really? stats were like you got to be kidding me. And it was the yeah, it was the year they won the World Series. So um, you know you got to sometimes wonder if that had a little bit to play into it. So. You know, hopefully, again, hopefully by the end of next season, like, we'll, th- th- that'll be all moot because we will be high enough in the standings so you can't just ignore the Reds. I mean, it's it's been crazy seeing how much national press, just with, the, you know, all the talk about the payroll increasing, how much the Reds are in every conversation now you see on, on Twitter right now with all the national uh, sports guys. So, um, you know, yeah. who knows? It, isn't it great? I mean, you know, it's been a while oh, since the Reds have really been active in the offseason. And, and so far, here's what I, the way I put it is, and we'll talk about the individual moves, but everything they've done so far has been pretty much exactly what I was hoping for. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, I mean, with the, the hitting coach and also the, um, you know, uh, Turner Ward, I mean, uh, it, from what I've read about him, I mean, he increased, like, he imp- increase their run for the for the Dodgers that is increase their run production from the prior year they were first in home runs second in walks and it's just you could just go one down the list and it's uh obviously you don't think the Dodgers are just like hey we're just going to let you go I mean that the Reds had to you would think outbid you know I mean the Dodgers I mean yeah. they're they probably have all the money in the world to sign him back if they wanted to so it's it's pretty encouraging to seeing what's happening so I mean obviously the the final test is going to be what what pitcher ends up landing here but it's uh so far it's it's looking pretty darn good you know yeah absolutely and and uh if you haven't heard the news that was the Reds hired a uh we talked last week about and I want to get your thoughts on the, the pitching coach and the manager hire as well but the Reds hired a new hitting coach second coach on uh, new manager David Bell's staff uh, is Turner Ward. Yep. And he's been the uh, hitting coach for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And uh, uh, he's been in the Diamondbacks organization as well, um, as well as the Pirates organization. And he played 12 seasons in the major leagues with the Indians and Blue Jays and Brewers and about seven other teams. But, but he's been with the Dodgers who've been in the uh, – for the last three seasons, he's been their hitting coach. They've been in the postseason each season. They've been in the World Series each of the last two years. And – the quotes that I really enjoy here are the quotes from the Reds' front office um, and, and from the guys that they've hired. Uh, Turner Ward had some very similar quotes to what we heard uh, when they when the Reds hired um, their pitching coach. Uh, I guess that was last week, Derek Johnson, uh, away from the Brewers. Yep. And, and Dick Williams said, you know, we went into this offseason committed to putting new leadership in place in the clubhouse, and, and they identified really the best available guys. That they thought they could get, and they went hard after him. And these are neither of these guys were guys. You know, Turner Ward from L.A., Derek Johnson from Milwaukee, who are on winning teams, who are in comfortable situations that weren't, uh, you know, on the verge of being fired or anything. Right. And, and they went in there and they wowed them with, with what their plans are. And, and that's what that's what impressed me was both Ward and Johnson said, you know, they, they certainly they they they're getting a payday out of it, but they also said. The vision for this organization going forward under uh, under David Bell, it's something I really want to be a part of. And that's the Reds are never that team where you know that, that people are dying to, to to work for. And to me, sure. I'm looking for reasons to be excited. But am I wrong to be excited about that? Well, and tell you tell me about this. We always hear about the the length of a contract for a manager, you know. Which, uh, but do we know like the both Turner Ward and Derek Johnson? Do we know? 
I mean, do they have the same length of contract as David Bell does, or, or is that is that information that's not we don't even know about? I was just, I'm just curious that with, or is that based off just with whenever the manager wants to keep holding on to? I don't know how that works. I, do you know, I, I haven't seen it reported uh, what his contract length is. Okay, uh, but but I'm sure it's uh, of significant length. Um, sure, you know, yeah, it, it's got to give him enough. Uh, uh, comfort on a professional level to leave an organization. I mean, he goes from first place in the National League West to last place in the Central. And um, But, of course, Turner Ward says, hey, look, look at this offense. They're a pretty good offense. And he's right. He has a right. lot to work with here. And so it's exciting sure. time to, be, to, to jump on this ship, maybe. Sure. And then you would like to think, too, with the Derek Johnson uh, hire from last week, too, that you know promises were made to him. Obviously, money was probably the biggest. But uh, – that we're going to go do A, B, and C, so it's not you don't you're not coming here and getting egg on your face too either, you know. So um, you know because it's part of it. Obviously, it's his reputation. Obviously, he feels enough confidence in some of the like the Louis Louis Castillos and people like that, sure. and our staff that obviously he can work with them and hopefully uh, you know bring them to another level too, which which will be awesome. And also, the Reds have made a commitment to him that he's basically going to be the pitching coach for the entire organization. He's going to get a chance to change the philosophy and to implement a philosophy from the major leagues all the way down. And and that's got to be, you know, exciting for a guy to have that much. That's probably the most powerful pitching coach in the game, really, to be allowed to, to do that. And I think it's smart from the Reds' perspective because clearly there has been a problem in developing young pitchers. And and so at least they're trying trying something different. I don't know if it's going to work, but they're trying something different. And, and that's a reason to be excited. Oh, totally. Yeah, def- definitely. Definitely. I mean, the next couple of months are just going to, I'm, it's been a while since, you know, it almost feels kind of 2010 ish, 2011 ish, like, you know, in terms of what's, what's going on with them bringing in, uh, you know, new talent here too, as well. And again, going back, you were talking about the manager question earlier with David Bell. I mean, that's got to probably play into both, you know, Turner Wards and Derek Johnson's decision. Again, I know probably ultimately money's the biggest uh, factor, but, but, you know, who, what part of whose staff they're going to be part of too as well. And I'm sure that, you know, he's got a, it seems like David Bell's got a really solid reputation from everybody you read about, about the hire. Um, I'm sure he would have had the Resnock got him. I'm sure he would have got, you know, snatched up by someone else. And, uh, uh, super happy that he's here too, as well. I mean, what a positive way to get started on a, you know, a, a good foot for sure. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right about David Bell. Um, clearly him being in place here, and, and the new philosophy he brings to this organization is something that appealed to both of these guys. I mean, they both said it, and I have no reason not to believe it because uh, they both left, com- as I said, comfor- comfortable positions to come right. here. And and just seeing the Reds decide that we're going to go out and get the best available guys. I think they thought David Bell was the best available manager, and you can make that argument because you're right. Other teams wanted him, and, and, and we're willing to pay for those guys. Now you're not paying when you what you pay for a coach is not what you have to pay to go out and get a free agent pitcher certainly. Sure. But at least it's the Reds stepping up and saying, you know, if you keep we keep doing the same things, we're going to keep getting the same results. Something's got to change and it looks like a an organization-wide shift in philosophy that uh, you know, I just again, I'm trying to sort of uh, tamp my expectations down, but somebody texted me the other day. Actually, was, I'll just go ahead and say it was Bill Lack, who is uh, one of our co-hosts occasionally on here. Sure. And he said uh, he texted me. I guess it was probably yesterday. He says after after Turner Ward was, he's like, you know, the Reds. I'm a little worried here. The Reds are actually starting to get me excited again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. And you went back. You you went there. You said you're starting to feel like the 2010 bunch is maybe turning the corner towards something like that. 
It feels like that. I mean, there's definitely that that feel in the air too, as well. And and you like to think that you know, even these last couple seasons, you know, we obviously don't know what happens behind the scenes or what the long term plan is. You know, you try to read, read between the lines as much as you can, but you know, maybe you know they you know did have. Sometimes you got to think maybe there was a more of a vision than, than maybe we thought. Maybe this was like okay now. You know, we're here 2019 season and now let's put all the chips on the table and, uh, you know, let's go for it. You know, we maybe they just didn't think last year. I mean, we would have, we would have loved them to put all the chips on the table last season, of course, but maybe they just felt they just needed one more year to check out this person or that person or, you know, and, uh, you know, now we're here and, you know, let's hopefully strap in and, and, you know, go along for the ride. Yeah, I still firmly believe they could have done this last off season, but just the fact that they're actually finally doing it. Is, sure. Is exciting. Uh, about David Bell, you know, I, uh, what were your thoughts when he was hired? Because we heard a lot of criticism about, oh, here we go. It's the same old thing. It's nepotism. We've got, you know, his dad and grandfather both played for the Reds. Same old Reds bringing in an insider. And I didn't see it that way at all. What were your thoughts when they, when you heard David Bell was the uh, was the new manager? Did you have any sort of instant reaction? Yeah, I mean, I, I was really happy about by the move too, as well. I mean, you know, there was a little part of me, and I'll be honest with you, there was a little part of me that was like, just because of the Yankee affiliation with you know the sure. Girardi thing, it was kind of like, ah, oh, that'd be kind of just because I, you knew what kind of media would come, to, you know, with him being here, that would have brought just like instant so much focus just on national media, at least for for a, a, a certain time. And of course, I was thinking of the, you know, when Terry Francona went over to to Cleveland too. It kind of had that tinge to it, you know, too as well. Sure. Um, going to an up and coming organization like that, so there was a little part of me that was like a little bit disappointed by that. But then, but but I don't mean picking David Bell as well. I mean, I was like, I, I remember that. What was it? Two thousand two. When the Giants were in the uh, World Series, and when he was playing, you know, I think he mm-hmm. was on that team. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I remember hey, I was always fun to watch. I mean, as a player, he was always fun to watch, and and everything you hear about him, um, uh, what he, you know, about uh, with stats and and his whole philosophy with baseball. It seems like this is he's the right guy for the job. He's not. He's in that right age bracket too. He's not too far detached from the players' age, which I think is kind of in the world we're in right now. I think that's kind of a good thing in the in the, the modern age of baseball. So, you know, on paper it looks great. And the the, the name thing, I, I you know, I didn't worry about that at all. I mean, I think it's great. You know, the tradition. I mean, I know the everybody thinks you know getting with Cincinnati so steeped in the tradition thing here, and some people think that might be to a fault sometimes, but. Yeah. If it works in the right way, I think it could be a very, very positive thing too, as well. And, and it's a it's a great story too, as well. So hopefully, the story will have a, at least a semi happy ending that, that's coming this season. Yeah, I mean, there's some value to that from a PR perspective. Uh, yeah, I don't have a problem. I think the Reds do uh, as good a job as anyone of uh, you know uh, talking about the history of the club and celebrating the history of the club. And and frankly, you know, David Bell's grandfather is one of the the better Reds, uh, Gus Bell, that have ever played here. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, and Buddy Bell was a really good major league player, an all-star player who played uh, briefly for the Reds. Um, got hurt at the end of his career, and uh, rookie named Chris Sabo took his spot. Uh, one rookie, yeah, right. but yeah. uh, I, but what I keep saying is, I just really think it does a, a disservice to David Bell to say, oh, he only got it because of his dad and his grandfather. Because I, I think he just is uh, was an incredible candidate, as evidenced by the fact that. He was a, a serious candidate for other coaching jobs, places where his grandfather didn't play. You know, so. Um, but he's a local guy and he wanted to be here too. And that's a, you know, I, I think we may have gotten a little bit of a hometown advantage over other teams 
because of that. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that because I think he's fully qualified on his own. And, and, uh, you're right. Well, and it seems like he's and he's and it seems like he's real hip to sabermetrics too, as well. I mean, from all the articles I've read about him and stuff like that, it, he's definitely on that that new age of, yeah. of baseball too, as well, which is I think is you know exciting too. Well, I think nowadays what you want, I think, out of a manager is a guy who is open to all the new analytical stuff that's going on. That's probably ruining baseball. We'll talk about that in a moment. Right, right, but, right. right. Um, but also is able to communicate to the players. And, and what you said earlier, he's a you know a youngish guy who used to play, and so he's going to have some real credibility in that clubhouse. And so if he can take this all this information and translate it onto the field, which I do not feel like the Reds have done very well at that in, in the past, um, I, I think that's a – I don't know. I'm all in on David Bell. I don't know if he was the absolute 100% best candidate. Maybe Girardi would have been better. I don't know. I don't know. But I do think sure. he was a good candidate, and I'm I'm all in. I'm excited to see how he does. Right, um, right. Now, before we get to the topic of the show that you and I uh, had uh, planned to talk about, I do want to drop something else on you that we didn't discuss ahead of time, and I'm I'm sorry, um, but you just mentioned <laughs> you talked about uh, the history of the club, and uh, they announced this week the Cincinnati Reds announced their plans in 2019 to celebrate 150 years of professional baseball. In Cincinnati, and they. Showed... I saw that vid- that video they did with Marty. It was incredible. Wasn't too. it great? Yeah. Oh gosh, I'm brought, you know, it's like bringing tears to the eye watching that. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, oh, very slick, and that's what you can do when you've got a history like this club has. Uh, and yeah, I, and I love that they celebrate that. Uh, the way I put it was, uh, this team celebrates their history. They celebrate, uh, you know, being a fan. They're they're fans. Uh, they they do just about everything right except actually putting a good team on the field. <laughs> this organization, right, 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 right. At um, least for the last couple of years, for sure. Yeah, did exactly. Um, did you see some of the uh, the throwback uniforms they were talking about? They were they were going to wear. I did. I think I saw. I think C Trent or someone like t- uh, tweeted some someone there out there too. They're even going to wear like the blue ones, right? The ones from like the early 1900s that had like the blue as well. 1911, yeah, blue, the blue yeah. Uh, road uniforms. I love it. Right, right. That's wild. Yeah. So, and, and they're going to do that throughout the course of the season, then, right? Throughout the year, yeah. Correct? Yeah, Different, yeah. I, I love it. I do too. I mean, I love stuff like that. We want to see him win. That's number one. But I, I sure. love, I love stuff like that. I just wish they weren't gonna. We didn't have to see the 1995 uniforms again. I love that 95 team, but those those white hats with the the red pinstripes, man, that was just awful. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And then what, late 90s were the ones with the the, the black with the black, a lot of the black incorporated, yes. right? During like the, the Dimitri Young days and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They are yeah. wearing 99 uh, throwbacks as well from the uh, that that fun 1999 team, but. Oh yeah. Um, I just wish they weren't wearing those ninety fives. Oh, those are awful. Rob, sure, Di- Rob sure. Dibble always said that he felt like the uh, the good humor man, like he was going to go sell ice creams uh, after the game nah. and those white hats. So. Right, right. I do remember those very well. Yeah. So anyway, good. that was oh, that was when Jeff Brant- Jeff like Jeff Brantley. Whenever whenever you see pictures of him, I think he's wearing that uniform, right? Yes. What he's playing for them. Yeah. Those vests and uh, and Brantley's got that great mullet. Yeah, that's right. Rocking that mullet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hard. Ugh. But uh, so anyway, I, you know, that's a fun thing. It doesn't have anything to do with uh, with how the team's going to be on the field. And it's a, you know, it's been a rough few years. Uh, we can acknowledge that while still saying that we're uh, we're huge fans of this team and we're going to be watching in 2019. But let's go to the topic of the show here that you and I had discussed earlier. And I really do. I'm really extremely interested in your thoughts on this because during the playoffs this year. You know, I, and even even over the last couple of years, I'm big into the sabermetrics. I love that stuff, but I've started to come to think that maybe it's not the most uh, the best 
most spectator friendly sport when it's a bunch of home runs and it's a, you know strikeouts and you know I know it's efficient and uh, this is the way it needs to go but it's not the best game to watch sometimes and so um, you suggested it and I think it's a great idea to touch on how 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 can we make baseball exciting and relevant for the 21st century. You know, the Reds attendance was down this year, the lowest it's been since 80, uh, 83, I think it was. And, and sure. it's down, it's all over baseball. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't think baseball's dying, but I do think there are, if, if they don't think there's some kind of an issue that needs to be fixed, they're kind of whistling past the graveyard. What do you think? Uh, how do we, how do we make it relevant? That's the word you used. How do we make it relevant for the 21st century and, and, and the kiddos, Right, right. Well, I think right off the bat, I mean, I know in the in the music business, one thing that, you know, that they always teach us now is like you want to, you know, everything's so niche, you know, now and, you know, and, and, and especially, you know, and everything part of our life right now. So uh, what you want to do, like in what I do, for instance, like if, you know, if I could tap into, say, every funk fan out there in the United States, it might not fill up a stadium of 30,000, but you'll get, you'll get a, a good crowd no matter where you go in, in the United States and beyond. So you basically tapping into your fan base as much as you can. And I think with baseball, it's kind of the same thing. Like the more that they can kind of like turn everybody, even the casual listener or watcher, excuse me, into like a super fan as much as possible and making them get into it as much as, the, as much as they can, that would be a good thing. Now, number one, with the MLB package, you know, right off the bat, like the MLB, and I don't think it's changed, but the last, you know, it used to be when you buy the MLB package to watch baseball, you can get every team, but your home team. And I think it's still like that. And I understand why, because of probably the rights with Fox, Fox sports and all that kind of stuff. But I think baseball is the only sport. I know NBA, you can do it on. I'm pretty sure you can do it in NFL. You can watch any team you want to like on your phone, you know, um, I can't watch the Cincinnati, I can't get a package where I can watch the Cincinnati Reds on my phone. And that's where 90% of the people are living right now, you know, whether it be, um, you know, whether on the road or whatever the case may be. So that right off the bat, if there's a way, you know, I, I know, uh, Rob Manford was talking a few years ago about fixing that and making it. And I don't think it's, I mean, am I, am I speaking wrong, Chad? I don't think, I think you still can't when you buy the MLB package, you're not you're not able to get your home team anymore. You can get every team besides your home team. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're right. The blackout rules are still such that if you live in Cincinnati's market, you you can't you can't get that. And it's crazy because you're right. That is crazy. Yeah, I mean the world we're living in, it's like it does not make sense. And 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 NBA is not like that. And 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 you see how like six. I mean NBA, in my opinion, is probably going to take over. Even NFL here in the next few years, yeah. if it keeps on the same rate, you know. Well, I was looking so, at the NBA pa- package earlier, thinking, oh, you know, I'd like to get. You know, I'm a big 76ers fan, and uh, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and I'm looking at it, thinking, well, you know, it's, a, it's not a bad deal just to get the Sixers game. Maybe I'll get their games. You can get the package just them. And yeah. uh, of course, I don't live in the Philly market, so I, you know, I don't know. But I know that uh, when you try to get Cincinnati games, if you're, and that's a huge market, uh, the Cincinnati market. There's a, that's a lot of fans that can't get it. So I think that's a great idea. You're 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 forcing quote unquote fans to be sitting on their couch basically and watching yeah. the game, and that's not the way people consume media these days. Exactly, exactly, and that's a huge thing. Obviously, that's not just a red thing; that's an MLB thing, you know. So I just don't, um, 
you know, I, again, I remember Manford saying he was going to, they were going to talk about switching that a couple years back. And yeah, I dude. thought that was, you know, I thought by now that would be the case. And it seems like it still has a switch. And I'm sure, again, I know there's so many right, rights things going on, but make it, you know, no one's even going to want to watch the Fox sports broadcast if you don't get people disinterested in, in general. So it's like the more you can, you can do that. I think that's, that's one thing too. Uh, one thing you've heard you guys talk about on, on your show quite a bit too, is market the stars more. Um, I mean, I don't know how many people outside, you know, with me, I tour a lot and I, and, you know, people kind of know the name Joey Votto outside of Cincinnati, but, you know, I can name almost every star in every um, um, NBA team, whether I won't follow that team or not. And I can't really, even as much as a baseball fan as I am, I can't really say that with every single baseball team. And, um, it, you know, it has a lot to do with the national marketing of, I know, I know it's a different sport and I know there's so many different factors is involved too as well, but it's just, um, and, and you know, you could say someone like Joey Votto, maybe Joey Votto doesn't want to get marketed, but I mean, uh, I would think that there's, you know, they even try, you know, they did this, you know, a few years ago when, when they signed a big contract with him, it seems like they were kind of on that route to do that, but it's, um, that just seems like so many missed opportunities for, 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 you know, whether it being them going on a, you know, national talk show once in a while or, you know, whatever the case may be, but they just basically need more national ambassadors to, to the game, you know, like on a national level. Um, and I don't feel like there's enough of that in MLB. Yeah. I, you know, I compare it again with the NBA. I've, I've got a son who is uh, completely obsessed with basketball, um, wants to play year round. Um, and, uh, you know, he's watching, all the stars, their highlights on YouTube and on Instagram every single day. Yeah, and he's pretty much obsessed with playing baseball. He, you know, he he's been playing uh, baseball almost year round as well. He's been wearing us out uh, since he was uh, six years old, and loves playing baseball. Absolutely loves it. But you know, I had a Mike Tr- uh, an Angels game on. Mike Trout's playing, and he's like, eh, whatever, you know. And he and he doesn't want to watch the Reds on television with me really usually either. Um, but he will watch these NBA guys and not necessarily sitting down in front of the television and watching their games, but he sees the, the Instagram highlights and he sees right. the, uh, you know, the way that there, uh, there's so many Instagram accounts and YouTube accounts that are just hopping and the NBA does it. The NBA, MLB won't let you put anything on, uh, on YouTube if they don't license it. But the NBA, man, it's everywhere. Uh, on Twitter as well, and and you know, and of course, basketball is a little different. It's uh, maybe more of a sure. You know, it's easier to get highlights for that. But uh, I, you know, I don't know why you can't market a guy like Mike Trout. I'm sort of flipping right. it around. You know, I mean, Joey Votto. To and me Mike be- doesn't. If Mike doesn't want to have his own Instagram account, that's fine. But you have someone else do it for him. You know, just have, like here's Mike. You know. You know, here's a, here's a live uh, Facebook video, Facebook live video of of Mike taking batting practice and you know talking talking to the fans directly for five minutes or whatever the case may be. I mean, more of that kind of stuff, just so they're in the same world that we all live in. You know, I mean, uh, you know, there there was good and good and bad about this, but one of the like the recent stars of the last few years who was actually kind of tapping into that a lot was actually Brandon Phillips when he was here with the Twitter thing. You know, sure. Um, I mean, I know there were bad and good and bad points to that too as well, but there was. Um, you know, he was definitely, you know, tapping into that social media and he was very active there on social media. And, and people, a lot of people, you know, obviously you saw how Adam and his fans were here in the Cincinnati fan, uh, market, but also even outside of Cincinnati, he kind of started getting, you know, uh, a, a more of a, a kind of a national profile 
part, you know, obviously it all comes down to your play. That's the main thing, but it's like still with the social media aspect as well. I think that had part, part of it to do with it. Why he was, you know, the, just like, you know, all, all the talk show people and sports people and stuff, they're looking at social media just like we are. And if they see somebody active in that, in that, that world, then the, it, it creates interest. That is a, a great case study for exactly what you're talking about. Brandon Phillips was a, a good player, you know. He was an all-star player. He wasn't a superstar, but he was an all-star. Yep. He was a he was a good player uh, who smiled and who was willing to uh, sign autographs. And the uh, you know the rest of him, he would show up anytime they needed him to do any kind of public appearance or anything like that. Yep. And, and and on Twitter, he was just you know he was Brandon Phillips and, and accessible. And right. um and so, you know, I understand if guys like Joey Votto don't want to do things like that. I get it. But also you have to understand that we're not in a world where uh, it's the national pastime where, you know, um, everybody is paying attention. And so you've got to market some of these guys. There's some special guys right now. Mike Trout could be the best player that ever played this game. Joey yeah. Votto could be the best, probably is the best hitter that ever played for the Cincinnati Reds. That's, you know, yep. um, if you can't market that, it's crazy. And you, you've got to go to, you got to go to Instagram. You got to go to, you got to go to Snapchat. You got to go to where the eyes are now. They're not on your television anymore. They're not in the exactly. newspapers. So, um, I, I do think that the Reds, I think that baseball can do a much better job marketing their personalities. It's a different game than basketball, but they have something similar, which is you can see their faces. They're not wearing helmets and right. you, you can see their personality on the field. And, and Well, and you know the thing they do, I don't mean to interrupt you, Chad, but you know the thing they do sometimes when they have the, the person wear the live wire out in the field, you know, when they do that during the course of a game? Love it. Um, yeah, do that, but even do, like, you know, you could do something where you go have them do a Facebook Live actually at a game, you know, like, um, you, you know, you get the little notice on your phone when someone goes live on Facebook, mm-hmm. like uh, Joey Votto's live on Facebook. I'm like, what? Joey Votto's live on Facebook? What's this about? <laughs> and here's Joey Votto standing at first base, you know, during a crucial part of a game and you're seeing it right now live on, you know, let, let those highlights happen on, you know, I know there's, again, there's all the licensing stuff with MLB and Fox and I get all that, but just, you know, let, let those kind of moments where it's like, what you know, you're, everybody's phones blowing up with this, this major, it's something, you know, I remember back when, uh, Barry Bonds was, you know, having the big home run chase, you know, back in uh, late 90s, early 2000s. And it was like, I remember them breaking in on, like, I was watching, like, you know, CNN or something like that, too, as well. And they were breaking in when he was up at bat. These were just on regular TV channels. This is not sport. This is not ESPN. This was like on, you know, regular TV. And they would break in when Barry Bonds was at bat, you know, and everybody, you know, obviously we know there's a lot of, you know, with all the steroid stuff that, that, you know, that's a whole other conversation, but, but in terms of the excitement that that whole thing generated, you could do that tenfold now with social media, that same concept. But, you know, when so-and-so is on a hitting streak, you know, like this is their, you know, here they're at bat. Well, let that zoom in on your Facebook live or your Instagram live or Twitter, Twitter live or whatever. It's like, so everybody, it pops on everybody, even people that aren't necessarily hardcore baseball fans that will pop up in their feed. And then that, that gets the whole conversation started too, again. Well, you know, at the all-star game this year, they had a bunch of guys like mic'd up and talking to him during the game right. and things like that. And, and yeah, I know baseball's baseball and they'll never do that. It seems like in a regular season game, but that was fantastic. They're talking to Charlie Blackman out in center field in the middle of the game, you know, and he goes to get a ball and he's still talking to him. And, you know, things like that are exciting as a fan. It's something new and it gets you a little closer to the action on the field. And, and, and baseball, they're going to have to change something because as we said about the Reds, if you keep doing the same thing that you've been doing, you're going to get the same results. And, 
you know, it's uh, it's the things are not looking good right now if they, if they don't sort of learn how to market to where the eyeballs are these days. Right. And I even think um, even aside from the, the player aspect of it, you could do maybe something where, like, say you and I are going down to Great American Ballpark and we could do kind of like a Facebook Live type situation, but actually on MLBs or the Reds site where you're actually like, hey, I'm walking into Great American Ballpark right now. Or I'm, are you, you, you and me watching a game freaking out because, you know, whatever it's it's you know tied in the ninth inning with you know two outs and whatever the, the, the scenario is but we can actually you can actually see the drama of the fan at the game while it's happening you know the thing everything about social media now it's like you want to be there when it ha- like that's what's exciting about it like this is happening right now and you can watch this right now and it's like if they ta- and baseball does have those you know we both know baseball has those moments where you're you know they're biting your fingernails off and if you could kind of somehow capture that whether it be the fan at the game or or actually like zoning in on the actual action itself right when it happens and it shows up on people's phones right then you're just going to automatically generate all this interest for it right right off the bat for sure and and the nature of the game is uh it's i think in a lot of ways it's not a fast-paced game but that sort of lends itself to being able to get closer to the action in some ways uh, yeah. I, th- I think you could utilize uh, these things to, to get you in you know you have some intern uh, you know with their uh, camera focused wherever you want to focus or a microphone on someone. And and you can really, I think, can, you know, you, you sort of see the personalities more and you get the, you can get the viewer cl- closer to the action to feel like even when I'm sitting, you know, uh, somewhere here in the middle of nowhere watching on my phone, I can feel like I'm at the game. And, right. uh, and baseball does not do a very good job of that. Well, I always thought it would kind of be – just how, you know, just how we're sitting here talking on this podcast, if like, if there was a way, and I know that again, legal, legal issues, but like if you and I, like say if you and I could go down to a game and we could sit there and we could be kind of our own kind of amateur broadcasters, like, Hey, I'm at great American ballpark. And you know, uh, uh, Luis Castillo is throwing a no hitter right now in the eighth inning. And we could go on our Facebook live and start tapping into that without you know doing some kind of broadcast basically yeah be kind of like a a pirate broadcast but like you know like have mlb embrace that don't don't like try to like no broadcasting from mlb or you will be penalized you know or whatever that type of thing just like embrace brace this this era where you know it's kind of like almost the the music business got in so much trouble because like when the whole napster thing happened and and uh you know and now with streaming everybody it's like you know oh my gosh you know streaming this is gonna you know ruin it's like the genie is out of the bottle and you can't put that genie back in the bottle. And just so the ones that are having the most success, especially like, you know, on things like Spotify and stuff is they were embracing the technology. So embrace the technology and realize this is the age we're in. I mean, I think baseball really caters to social media if you, if you do it right, you know? Yeah. And and you're right. The legal issues and, and the rights issues are, that's an issue right now, but it's a different world. We're not in the 1950s anymore. It's time to sort of update our agreements. So when they come up and, uh, and and do things that are going to help uh, introduce the game uh, to a new generation and help sustain it uh, as we move forward. So I I love the I love the idea of you know just being able to do a little broadcast or something because uh, it, it, it's just another way to get someone engaged in the game and uh, and right now you just can't do that. But uh, the 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 sports league that tries to do things like that the quickest and I think it's going to be basketball because they're always ahead of everyone else when it comes to social oh. media and all this. Um, yeah. That's going to be the, the, the sport that's going to succeed. Yeah. Any, any other agree. thoughts, ways to make it relevant for the next generation? 
Well, I mean, you know, besides all the social media stuff, I, I think even you can kind of lean into you could with the social media thing, you could even lean in tradition a little bit more. Like in this case, that I still think you would generate more, like with with all the interleague play we have, it you could go back to keeping a little bit more American League plays, American League, National League plays, the National League, and then when they do finally meet in a playoff situation, or maybe once a year, as opposed to like a constant rotation type thing. You could again hype it through social media, like you know, you know, these two juggernauts from the, you know, the the National League and the American League are meeting for the first, uh, the one and only time this year, or whatever the case may be. I mean, there's just so many, you know, hype opportunities that you could you could brand it with 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 all these things, the Instagrams and and Twitter and 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 obviously Facebook and places like that too as well. Um, you mentioned about the YouTube thing. I mean, one of the little thing, notes I had here to mention to you is like, I think it'd be really great if each team had its own YouTube channel. Um, and then whether it be, you know, watching someone taking batting practice, you know, you can go live on YouTube or it could be tape stuff. You could just go and, and just, you know, the kids live on YouTube right now. You know, um, my daughter, I have a, I have a 13 year old daughter and she, her whole all that's all she does is watch YouTube and all she has, she's all these stars that she's like, I've never even heard of. And they're, they're all stars through YouTube. That's where they live right now. She, and, doesn't, watch, um, she doesn't watch Dan and Phil, does she? That's who no, my No, she watches, watches, uh, she watches, uh, what's the, what's the one? Um, uh, Brett, Brett and Link. Is that right? Is oh that yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And my son, I got a son the same age as your daughter. That's, that's who he watches too. Oh my goodness. Those guys are crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and that's the world that we're in now. And, um, you know, and, you know, me with my superhero movies, I watch so many, you know, uh, yeah. like, uh, reviews and stuff like that. These people that were just like, you know, people were probably originally doing them out of their bedrooms, but now they've blown up into some big thing, but like, you, you know, MLB, like that's where people, you know, a big, big chunk of the, the target audience you want to hit for the future generation is living on YouTube right now. So, you should at least have, I mean, one person designated, whether it be per team or per all of MLB, whatever. I mean, it'd be great if each team had their own YouTube channel, but at least MLB really like embraced that side of you can go a YouTube exclusive, you know, you know, whatever, you know, a talk with Joey Votto on on why he, you know, you know what he thinks about before he goes to bat or whatever, you know, the case may be, but but like make it a YouTube exclusive type thing and really drive the folks to to that place. Yeah, or or here's Eugenio Suarez on the field before the game. You know, we're talking to him, or we're in the clubhouse afterwards, or Billy Hamilton just came off the field. You know, uh, teams can allow however much access they want to, and some players are going to be willing. You know, um, between innings even to talk. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, there, it seems like they're really leaving leaving some not just money on the table, but uh, just uh, opportunities on the table. Yeah. you're right. That's where the eyeballs are. Um, yep. We, uh, you know, we uh, have a son and a daughter, and we recently cut the cord here uh, at the house, and we had direct TV for you know years, and finally uh, just got rid of it and went straight streaming. And I was talking to everyone in the family about well, what channels do you have to have for us to pick out a streaming package? And my wife had a bunch of channels that she wanted, you know, Home and Garden and whatever she watches, the cooking channel. She has things. She sure, likes. sure. Um, I just basically the sports channels and, and movie channels. Um, but I asked my kids. And they were like, what are you talking about? 
<laughs> you know, right. and I knew that was going right. to be the answer, but I wanted to see if there was anything that they actually wanted to watch. They don't watch any. I've, they've got profiles on. We got a streaming service. They got profiles on. They've never even logged on. It's it's on right. either Netflix or YouTube or Instagram. Yeah, I mean that's it. Right. That's where they consume yeah. their media, and that's where that's where you got to go get those eyeballs. And Major League Baseball is not doing a good job getting the getting their eyeballs there, whereas the NBA and, and, is doing an incredible job. Oh yeah, I mean NBA, and you know, and I know that with the Twitter thing, I know it's like. You know, I remember like Jay Bruce had the Twitter account and he pulled when he was when he had a, you know, went through a went through a, a little slump there, you know, and, and went through some hard times that, you know, people just can come at you like that. But, you know, it's it's you know, it, it it's it's a drag probably. But, you know, it, it's just kind of part of the, the, world. the world that you're in. Yeah, that's it is what it is. And again, you can always have someone else handle your Twitter account. It doesn't necessarily have to be you. But although I, although I do think that with the, the the people that are the most successful on those type of medias that you know like the twitters and stuff mm-hmm. like that you know especially the, the the big name superstars whether they be in the nba or they be in and in, in, in movie or music or whatever are the ones that that are the ones that handle their account people i think people can ultimately read through if someone's just kind of you know got some handler that's doing all that i mean the thing that that's what makes social media so special is the fact that you know oh wow that that's actually this real person on there you know and and you know actually talking to me or, or saying with their opinion on this or that you know yeah you can do it in a way if the guy didn't want to do it. you can do it in a way where there's someone else handling the account you can still give some sort of personal access to the personality sure. but but you're right you uh, brandon phillips again the ones that are yep. actually uh and the first one that really embraced it hard on the uh in terms of uh Entertainment was uh, Ashton Kutcher, who I, you know, I don't like anything that guy's ever done. But man, that guy knew how to uh, leverage social media to make him a sort yeah, of. Yeah, I think a, it. Yeah, he was like the. Wasn't he like the, his big claim there for so long on Twitter that he was the first person to a million followers uh, yeah. on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. Because he embraced it, and, and, and you know, and that's what these sports leagues have to understand. Uh, Instagram's the big one for basketball. I think a lot of them, you know, uh, right for LeBron sure. LeBron and Dwayne Wade and a bunch of them have really sort of embraced it, and. Uh, um, I remember uh, there's a, a guy that uh, played basketball at a school close to here um, who uh, is he's was in high school last year, and he's now a, a freshman at Georgetown. And um, the biggest thing around here was he had a post on Instagram, and LeBron and Dwayne Wade both liked it. And all the kids were just – they didn't care really about, you know uh, – if this guy's a really good player or, you know, is he, you know, where's he going to go to college, all this stuff. They're like, oh, my gosh. LeBron and Dwayne right. liked him on liked his post well, on Instagram. You know, the perfect example. Like, what would happen if you know, uh, you know, Suarez or or Vado or Lorenzo or whoever? Like, if you were a Reds fan and you're you know posting something about the game and and you know, especially someone like Joey Vado who seems like so untouchable in a lot of ways. Like, he, if he would like just you know like something that you know you just you just you just there's that little connection made then you know and you make a fan forever in a lot of yeah. instances. That's it. That's it. You yeah. really grab them. Yeah. Just a, just a like, just go on and hit that heart. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts uh, before we wrap up this topic on ways to, to, to sort of make baseball more exciting and, and relevant for the 21st century? I think, I mean, I think we covered a lot of it. I mean, yeah, I think the, the embracing social media thing, and you know, the reds are great. You know, I will say that about the reds. I mean, they were on, you know, with the, with the Twitter nights they have down at, um, you know, great American and they really, you know, they really embraced that whole thing, you know, where they were specific nights for that. And I think that's great. I mean, their social media is like nails down there, you know, I mean, obviously Jamie and, and, and Lisa Braun and everybody down there are just incredible with, uh, you know, and the way they've, they did, um, 
you know, all, you know, help push all star certain all star yeah, players no, through using great. hashtags and stuff like that. It's great stuff. But uh, it seems like, you know, if MLB just, you know, the whole organization kind of took that to heart. Um, you got to go you know, all it'd in. It'd be a really good thing. You do. Yeah, you I do. Mean, from the top all the way into the players. I mean, you just got to go all in it because, again, that's where your eyeballs are now. You know, the ones that are sitting on their couch watching, uh, you know, uh, their, their old, their cable stations. Uh, right, through Comcast right. or whatever, are your sixty-year-olds? Yeah, you know, um, and I don't mean to uh, offend any of you that are in your twenties and subscribe to Comcast. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying though is that at some point, it's not going to be cable channels anymore. It's going to be online, and it's going to be streaming, and it's going to be these social media channels. And you can ignore that if you want, but you're doing it to your peril. Right. Yep. So. All right. Well, uh, okay. Wait, do we, do, do we, do we, wait, do we make it all the way through a show? Is this your first show that there's uh what is that? Wait a minute. There's that picture. Let's see. We were talking about What's his name? You, uh, I know who you're talking uh, about, but if you want to, if you can't remember, I won't make you say it, but no, I, I don't think I can say it. It wouldn't have the same, same effect. Uh, the, maybe I bet, you know what? I bet he's got an Instagram account. Um, Ooh. Uh, if he does, I want to check. I want you all to, to send me his Instagram account if he has one. Of course, uh, freak base, proving that he is a devoted listener and friend of the podcast. <laughs> he's talking about our guy, Luis Alberto Ombonia. Yes, we have, I have to get you to. I have to get you to say, like say that and sample that and put that in a uh, on a song here here some, oh at some goodness. point. If you do that, you've you've created another fan. I'm already a fan, so you know, but but that's but that's exactly sort of the the a personal connection. There you so, go. Um, what's the and no view no, no viewer mail tonight, huh? No, no viewer, viewer mail. mail. We you're right. Oh my goodness! Oh, my goodness. Right. I could probably find a few. We've had some people uh, some people emailing us. Uh, where, where, where do you stand on the ongoing debate, viewer mail versus listener mail? Well, uh, you know, I guess to go on with to, to piggyback up our conversation here, I guess at some point Red Leg Nation is going to have to have a YouTube uh, channel at some point, and then you will have the official viewer mail, right? I've thought about that, but the problem is nobody wants to look at my ugly mug. Uh, you made puppets. There's your, there's your, there's your puppets. Yeah. If, if they listen to this ridiculous accent, surely they can look at my face too, right? Uh, exactly exactly <laughs> oh yeah yeah you've got a great great speaking voice yeah yeah something like that uh, <clears throat> so uh tell me what's if if i've never watched a superhero movie ever and i have i've watched a bunch but if i've never watched one what's the and i'm dropping this on you without preparing you and i apologize for that but what what movie should i go watch first what superhero movie should i go watch first that's that's actually pretty easy, actually. The Dark Knight by Christopher Nolan. Ooh, yeah. The Dark Knight. I love, I love me some Christopher Nolan, but I don't know that I would have said The Dark Knight. Yeah, well, too too, too dark in terms of well, like the the content. No, I liked it, but if, if I'm answering that question, and again, I'm conceitedly, I will concede, it, I'm admittedly not a superhero movie, you know, uh, sure obsessive like you. Although I like them. Uh, yeah. I watch them all. My son loves them, and so I go to every one of them, and I generally like uh, almost all of them. I would have probably said Batman Begins. Well, you know, that's obviously the first of the trilogy. Yeah, and you know, I, it's funny because I got in a big conversation with someone. Like, I, as well as following you and all my Reds fans on Twitter, I have a uh, little contingency of uh, a lot of guys that do podcasts. Actually, um, uh, superhero podcast. There's one, All Hol- uh, Holy Badcast. There's one called the Suicide Squad Cast. Uh, fanboy fa- uh, podcast. Great, great stuff. Um, if you're into the superhero thing, but um, we talked about uh, Rick Shue, who actually does uh, um, uh, Batman, uh, Batman on film, 
which is another great podcast, the first of the podcast there. Um, he, he was, um, uh, I think it was him. He was talking about he Batman Begins was on AMC, and he's like, every time that movie comes on, he said, it doesn't matter what I'm doing, I can't watch it. And I said, Batman Begins is the Shawshank Redemption of superhero movies. It's kind of got that vibe yes. where. Yeah. You know, it, you just have to sit down and watch. Yeah, that one, it's a close one. Those two, those two are close too as well. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the, the, all the Nolan, the third Nolan movie, not not so much in my opinion, but but definitely the first two. And obviously Dark Knight has Heath Ledger's unbelievable oh, performances, yeah. the Joker in it, you know, which is unmatched, you know, at this point. Although the Joaquin Phoenix, I don't know if you know about this one, but Joaquin Phoenix is doing a, a Joker movie next year, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, um, I'm not as excited. I mean, I love Joaquin ah. Phoenix, but let me here's 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 why I like pretty much every. I can't think of a superhero movie that I've seen, and I've seen just about all of them recently that I didn't didn't like. But it's but it's been a while since I found one that I really loved, and I, I think I'm getting a little bit of superhero fatigue. Tell me, I'm tell me I'm sure. crazy. No, I can see that. There's definitely that going on, but um, that's well, the thing that's so exciting to me about the, the the Joker standalone movie with with Joaquin. It's not well, one of one is it's Joaquin Phoenix. I mean that that's huge right there. Um, but two is the budget for the movie I read is only fifty million dollars. Now I know it's only fifty million dollars, but for a superhero movie, yeah, that's, that yeah. is that's nothing. So what's that tell me? That means it's not going to be a CGI fest. Uh, it's going to be based. It's going to be more based on writing and directing, which and, is but those are the ones that I like, you know, another one, you know, you, I was almost, when you asked me about the dark Knight. I mean, when you asked me about the movie, of the dark Knight, though, probably the, what came in a close second. Well, Batman begins, of course, but was uh, Logan too, as well, uh, which is, you know, about Wolverine, that movie. I really, I, that's wow. I like that's it. one I can watch nonstop. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I, that just knocked me out. Yeah. Because it was, I like the ones that are, you know, that could be real. And again, they're not, that's why I'm, I, I I watch a lot of the Marvel. I'm more of a DC guy generally because the Marvel ones. Marvel has their formula and it's great and they're always entertaining, but they're always like cotton candy to me. It's like yeah. I'm I'm loving it when I'm eating it. It's like oh, it tastes great, but then I don't it. remember. I, yeah, the next yeah. day I don't remember it. Yeah, yeah I see exactly. That. Uh, I, I may mm-hmm. need to revisit Logan because everyone tells me I'm crazy on that one. I just and I like you, Jackman, and uh, and I, you're right. That's sort of a smaller uh, a smaller bite at a. It's it's a lot of uh, it's more it's less of the CGI and more of the story. So maybe I need to yeah. revisit that one. Uh, I will say, and and I don't really understand the DC versus uh, versus Marvel thing as much. I just like watching these. But I got to say, the two that I didn't like, and I think they're both DC. I didn't like Justice League, and I didn't oh, like Justice League. Justice League was terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the other one I didn't like was uh, Batman uh, versus Superman. Well, like I told you, and I think I told you about this on Twitter too. Yeah, the, the you saw, I'm sure you saw the theatrical release, which is the one they show on mm-hmm. HBO right, and all yeah, that kind right, of stuff. It, yeah. You have to before you make final judgment on that. You have yet, but... to see. You have to see the ultimate edition, and it's not just like this, you know, fan thing. They, they, there's an additional 30 minutes, and uh, it's the stuff that they yanked out of that movie for time purposes. So it changes it. it immensely changes the whole story. Huge plot points are missing in it too, as well. And, uh, Kevin Smith, you know, you know, from clerks and stuff like that, you know, fanatical superhero guy, actually, I think he even does DC's like daily thing on their, on their, their streaming service. Now, um, he's reviewed the version. You saw the theatrical version of Batman for Superman hated it. said, you know, and then they released the ultimate cut and he's totally loved it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It's a different, it's, it really is a different flow. 
it and there's some like i said i don't want to give spoilers away but there's some major major plot things that happen in it too. you're like how could they leave leave this out mm-hmm. my biggest worry when that that movie happened was i was like when they cast uh ben affleck as batman i'm like oh my gosh you got to be kidding me because he was like awful on daredevil like 10 years ago and i was like oh, i just don't yeah. think he's gonna be great and to me he was actually one of the best things about that movie now you know no, i yeah. thought he was fantastic yeah no I, yeah I, I think ben affleck's fine as as uh as batman and uh i just and i will i'll i'll hold off on uh, making final judgment till i till i do see that but those were the two that i can think of and i can't really think of any others like, even logan I, you know i didn't love it but i liked it what about what about man, what about Man of Steel, which is the first of that? You know, did you see that the Superman I, one? I did, I did. I've seen almost all of these. Um, okay, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think I kind of liked it, but I didn't love it. Didn't love okay. it. Um, I, you know, well, I, Nolan Nolan was a big hand in that one too mm-hmm. as well. You know, you know, so they 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 knew that the success they had off of the Dark Knight and Batman Begins, so they brought him in trying to make more of a realistic version. Like a Superman was a real person, you know, versus like a this superhero entity thing. And you I know? think Cavill. I mean, I think he's fine as Superman. Yeah, I don't have any problem with him, and I don't have any problem with uh, Affleck as Batman. Although I guess he's not Batman anymore. Well, we'll see. That time, what you know, that that's the big the big uh, what's going to you I know. Think he's fine. Matt, yeah, yeah. Um. No, I mean, I like, uh, I literally like almost all of them. I just, I've gotten to the point where I don't find too many that I love anymore. And I think it's just because I'm fatigued from, I mean, sure. I like, I like Deadpool. Um, yeah. But uh, the rest of them are, I'm kind of, ugh. I'll go see them because yeah. I feel like I have to and my son wants to watch them. And I like, yeah, I right. like one of the movies. But sure. uh, uh, the Avengers, I'm just, I'm exhausted by the yeah. Avengers. This is the last Avengers. Yeah. Everybody loved it. And I was just like, oh, it was, it was fine. It was entertaining, but man, it was just too much. A thousand different characters flying at me, you know, and I just uh, sure. I don't know. If you're not obsessed, maybe it's just too much. But see, I told you from the beginning of the show we'd talk, get to superheroes. I knew it. Yeah, <laughs> everybody's all these Reds fans are like, "All right, no, don't have freak base on again." You guys sit there and talk about superheroes the whole time with, with, with Chad. Well, you're my go-to <laughs> guy on that on that those questions because I know you uh, you really care and uh, I trust your judgment. So uh, one more time. We can see you at uh, the Southgate House Revival, the 23rd, yes. right? Yeah, day after Thanksgiving, uh, Friday, November 23rd. It's all-ages show. Shows, I think I think the show starts at 8 with Strange Mechanics, and then we'll be hitting the stage after that. So it's uh, it's, it's always a good time. So we'd love to see, hopefully, a lot of Red Leg Nation out there that night. Yeah, tell us, where else well. we, tell us where we can find you. We've talked a lot about social media. Tell everybody where, where we can find you. Well, I, I like to hang, you know, with, with many of you read people on Twitter, you know, it's just at FreakBase, F-R-E-E-K-B-A-S-S, so uh, give me a follow there. Uh, follow us, you know, on Spotify, FreakBase at Spotify, which would be great. Um, we're, we're just kind of getting to that world a lot here in the last year or so. And uh, on the old Facebook, it's uh, FreakBase Music, and uh, at Instagram also at FreakBase too, F-R-E-E-K-B-A-S-S. So hopefully see one of those magical places online and, and also uh you know uh we have uh, red leg nation is uh, the reason we called it red leg nation in the beginning is because it's the way to sort of connect the entire nation all the Re- all reds fans aren't right in cincinnati and so you're constantly touring you're everywhere so uh we need to you guys need to connect with freak base and go see him and 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 you know let him know that uh red leg nation radio is where you heard him and uh and support him because uh, uh you're doing great work man you're doing fantastic oh, work. And, uh, well, I, I appreciate that. 
Well, well, uh, likewise, what you what what you're doing too as well. I mean, you're supplying a for us obsessed. You know, talking about being on the road, it's like I'm always looking, looking through my uh, my podcatcher. You know, on on Apple. As soon as you guys go live on Friday, I'm you know either on the road or at the gym with you blaring in my ears, telling me what's going on. So it's uh, it's a very important thing, as I'm sure many of your listeners will tell you. Well, I appreciate that, and uh, you know. Um and it just means a lot that uh, that you listen to the podcast as well because I'm a big fan and uh, and, it, and I can't believe it's been since uh, uh, the 2017. You haven't been here all season long. We got to get you back on uh, quickly because we had a good response to the last time you were here and uh, looking forward to uh, to having you back soon, man. Oh, anytime. Well, I pre- appreciate it. Yeah, anytime I'll come in. And any, anytime you want to talk about the Reds, I'm, I'm always game for that. Oh. Like, I, I wear I wear people out on the, like, the, the, my poor guys in the band, I tell them all this stuff, and they're sitting there, like, cross-eyed looking at me, like, trying trying to, like, humor me. You could tell in the van that they're trying to be nice, but they're, like, uh, you know, it's tough for them, so it's good to have a, have a place to, to get this all out. Yeah, that's the benefit of Red Lake Nation Radio, because we're all... All of us. If you're listening to this podcast, you're you're one of one of the gang because we're all just completely obsessed with the Cincinnati Reds. That'll uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of Red Leg Nation Radio, the world's most dangerous podcast. You can find us at Red Leg Radio on Twitter, at Red Leg Nation, obviously on Twitter. I'm at Dotson C on Twitter. He's at Freak Base, F R E K B A S S, and uh, follow him everywhere. And uh, certainly let him know that uh, that you're a listener or a viewer, as it were. Um, you can uh, subscribe to the podcast everywhere you find podcasts. We're there. Please subscribe to us. Give us a rating, uh, review, only if it's a good one. If you like us, talk about us. As we say, if you don't like us, keep your mouth shut. Uh, Freak Base, always fun, buddy. You're coming on a lot sooner next time because I've got to really, uh, we got to talk about this uh, this whole Avengers thing. Oh, well, you know, the new one's coming out next summer, so it's going to be a big, big deal. They're, they're supposed to be releasing the, the title here, like, and in, in the, the first teaser trailer here in the next two to three weeks. So, um, you know, t- t- it's going to be happening soon, so get ready. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready. <laughs> I uh, know you are. <laughs> <laughs> For Freak Bass and Ben Affleck, this is Chad Dotson saying, so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.